0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Life, the one and only show on the internet that dares to ask the question, um, what do we think about dragons? What do we think about space lasers? What do we think about books and movies and television and all sorts of of wonderful things? I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnersComing.net, here coming at you online um, from the safety of my home, along with DorksideOfTheForce.com editor Mia Johnson, Mia Johnson, we are wearing both maroon tops today, We are, which I love the color maroon. I think it's very (laughs) distinguished. I think it's very regal. And if I could wear it all the time, I would. And maybe I will. How about you?
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a good, nice kind of fall winter color. So I was like, you know what? Let me get this color in, you know, before it's spring. And then we're out in pastels and all that other
0: stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I pick up my pastel wardrobe anyway um thanks for joining us out there y'all i see some of you up there if you have any comments questions queries thoughts passing notions drop them in the comments we'd love to read them we'd love to have them, we'd love to respond to them and beyond that why don't we strike into the news while the news is hot mia right. i thought we'd start with some good old-fashioned game of thrones news well game of thrones adjacent news <laughs> um george rr R. martin author of the song of ice and fire series creator of the show known as game of thrones has um you know an overall deal with hbo he's mm-hmm. he's not just an author he's a producer he is a a science fiction fantasy aficionado he is a historian of all oh, yes. things dorky and um he announced or it was announced and he had a quote that he's producing a new program for hbo And I I just want to say right up, before we get into any diciness, like, I really wouldn't read this too far into, why isn't he working on the Winds of Winter, just because (laughs) this deal has been in place for years and years. And we could argue it shouldn't be there, but I'm not going to. We'll see what happens as we discuss this, basically. And I I don't think, it's not like it's going to be in the writer's room or anything, like, actually, like, like, oh, that costume's good, that actor's bad, like... You kind of want his name in it. Anyway, he is producing for HBO an adaptation of a novel by famed sci-fi fantasy author Roger Zelazny, who is best known for his Chronicles of Amber series, I believe, which I have not read, but I I know of its reputation in the fantasy community, called Roadmaps for HBO. Um, He's been teaming up with HBO on a lot of stuff lately because obviously, you know, Game of Thrones, HBO, Signature Series, they want more of what Martin has to offer. Roadmaps is a, oh God, I think it was like a 1979-ish book about a road that travels through time. And there is a man who is traveling on it and he kind of stops off at various different time periods, you know, visits ancient Rome, goes to medieval times. Gets his uh in various eras and places. It's like assassinated or tried to be assassinated by like Nero and Napoleon and like various <laughs> historical figures um, in search of a, a time period. He only half remembers searching Ooh. for that elusive spot where everything will be right again. Sounds I like isn't that be... like
1: the the plot of Quantum Leap or isn't is that what that old show is called? You know, always trying to find his way back home.
0: <laughs> that definitely exists. Oh, it says road marks. What did I say? Did I say road It's definitely road marks. road
1: marks. <laughs>
0: yes, it is road marks. But you know, that's very close to road maps. I mean, I I'm not going to apologize because I refuse to apologize. I will not back down from this. It's called roadmaps, and just the way it is. Um. Anyway, new sci-fi. You know, and Jojo R. R. Martin is you know like very old and has read a lot of books mm-hmm. in those many years. Like he is definitely a big nerd into this stuff. Like yeah. he's a writer. You know, like and he he knew these people. Like he knew. Oh God, um, Zelazny, when um he was alive. I believe he passed um past couple of decades sometime. And he has a a pretty good appreciation for the sort of older guard sci-fi fantasy, um, pillars, um, Mm -hmm. of kind of that came before. So it it, it doesn't surprise me that he'd be interested in something like this because he definitely has like a connection to those like older, like Philip K. Dick, um, who are other uh, uh, Heinlein, old-timey authors who he, he, like, had lunch with when in his youth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and now he's um, kind of honoring them by bringing TV shows to HBO. What do you think of this idea?
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty good. It sounds almost kind of like I said, like, I'm sure it's, it's Quantum Leap. I never really watched it myself, but um, that, a little bit of Doctor Who, right, you're going and traveling throughout time and throughout history, I don't think there's... Probably any other show that does it better. Um, there's that Daniel Radcliffe show, I think.
0: Yeah, miracle where workers.
1: Yeah, yeah, where they're back in time. It looks kind of interesting, but um, it does I look kind of
0: fun. Th- I never actually watched it, but it looks fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, with this, I'm like, I don't see why not, and especially him as a producer, it kind of just means even like the, you know, J.J. Abrams will be a producer or something, or Jordan Peele like right. produce Lovecraft Country, so it's kind of like you know your name is on there. You're in it with like, you know, finances or something like that. But um, yeah, I don't think it's it's worth kind of being like, well, why aren't you writing? Why are you working on this series? I, you know, I think he's just attached just enough to hopefully still be doing all
0: of his writing. I just wanted to head that off because I know that's like the go-to place. <laughs> and understandably yeah. for a lot of fans, we saw it when we f- first shared the news. But interesting stuff. Christian's a fan of Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap is awesome. I don't think it's quite that. It's It's like... Maybe Quantum Leap combined with um, The Incredible Hulk, road trip from place to place. <laughs> yeah. It's like a good road trip show. Um, but yeah, I'd watch it. He's also, it's something the show he's working on too, he's also teaming up with Tessa Thompson to adapt for HBO again, a much Ooh. newer uh, sci-fi novel, Who Fears Death by um, Nedi Okorafor, which is kind of like a set in like a post-apocalyptic Sudan where the heroine has like magical powers to take down her sorcerer father. That's a much, much newer um, sci fi book yeah. that he's also producing with Tessa Thompson now signed on for that. So he so has a couple Irons in the Fire. That one sounds pretty good too.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, the moment you said Tessa Thompson, I was already like, I know. <laughs> yes. I feel <figured laughs> you have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that also reminds me of kind of like after I saw Black Panther, and that's been. I think it's like this year's three years old, which I refuse to believe, but <laughs> it got me wondering, you know, like when will we have more stories set, you know, in African countries like Wakanda, you know, of course, is fictional, but still within supposedly the continent. Um, I was like, yeah, there's just so much you can do. Um, you know, you've got this whole mass of land on Earth that has basically just been kind of <laughs> looked over and there's stuff out, you know, Asian mythology and Greek and all those things. I'm like, yeah, let's get some. African mythology going, uh, fantasy going in this area, and I think you can really do some great things because it's just untapped potential.
0: I agree fully, and I have some more points about it um, that we will discuss right after we have a brief word from our sponsor. Support for Take the Black Lives provided by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your Sensitive grooming needs Assuming you have them Because I know many of you Don't listen to this But if you do And if you're interested In joining this Very comfortable Easy breezy down there Brotherhood We have an exclusive offer 20% off Plus free shipping With the code fancited 20 At manscaped.com To illustrate Manscaped was kind enough To send us some samples We have The Manscaped razor Which is what you use To make the magic happen We have Manscaped deodorant to make sure everything smells pleasant after the procedure. And finally, there's Manscaped Toner, to make sure everything is toned. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSighted20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code FANSighted20. All right, yeah. Um, There is... (laughs) Thank you, Christian. Um, I'll try to for something different for next time. There is definitely a... I think like a groundswell of newer sci fi fantasy authors who are doing things set in um, Africa. Like, I just read a book. Oh, God. I can never remember names. What's the most important to me? Um, A couple of books called The Rage of Dragons Mm -hmm. from the Burning Trilogy by an author who I know grew up, I think, in South Africa and the African set. There are a bunch of. Kind of interesting ones on the way. We once did like a big slider on like kind of 10 top sci fi books written by black authors and it got a pretty big response. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot out there. And I feel yeah. like that is like a rising tide because I see a bunch of projects in the work about that. Who fears death being one of them. And yeah, I mean, it will be cool to get because, you know, fantasy can kind of get caught in like a medieval rut, yeah. like medieval <laughs> England. And sci fi can kind of get caught in like a, um, spaceships and lasers or else zombies. And there there are definitely not that like I mean, I I just said the book I read was called The Rage of Dragons. Like you can use dragons in your (laughs) African fantasy book too. Um, And that guy does. But uh one of the best things about it was like the like just a wholly different setting than what I was used to. And it was like that was exciting in and of itself. So it's cool to see some other perspectives coming in. And I like that he's doing like here's a total old guard like 79 old kind of writer and now here's a brand new one who's doing something kind of new with it and uh making both shows out of it
1: yeah that seems really really cool um they didn't say so it's not the show doesn't have like a home yet does it hbo oh okay it does okay so it's like it sounds like an hbo show (laughs) and like you know yeah tessa thompson has done westworld and so it kind of that makes sense
0: yeah yeah, so looking forward to that. And again, I uh, I think it's too early to tell if we should be mad at George R. R. Martin for not doing writing Earth. It's just, I think <laughs> they want his name because, you know, Game of Thrones is huge. So they want, like, yeah. to put from producer George R. R. Martin, but he's not yeah. going to be like, you know, in the nitty gritty or anything.
1: Yeah. Here's money. Okay. leave me alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all pretty interesting stuff. Looking forward to that. Also, um, I believe you want to talk about some superhero themed happenings around the world. Mia, um, what news from the Snyder Cut part of the internet?
1: Yeah, well, there was a Vanity Fair article that came out a couple of days ago. um, And I found it really fascinating. A lot of people, this came on February 22nd. And I saw a lot of buzz about this article in particular because um, apparently it went, yeah, it was long and apparently it it went really in depth kind of in the story of Zack Snyder, what was going on with his life, you know, around the making of this film and then kind of how did we get to the Snyder Cut today? What's going on? Um, and yeah, it had interviews with Zack Snyder, his wife, Deborah Snyder, um, Ray Fisher, who's been, you know, all over the news as well. We talked about him Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, the biggest takeaway to me, um, did you get a chance to read through the
0: whole thing? I read through a lot of it. I did not read like deep, deep read (laughs) every word there. There was some skimming involved.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, well, the biggest takeaway.
0: I read the whole thing though, technically.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Did you do your homework, Dan? <laughs> but no, to me, the biggest takeaway from this, and I think everyone was talking about, was this really humanized Zack Snyder because for the last couple of years, and I've, I'm guilty of doing this too, is kind of using him as like this whipping bag of like, oh, your movie was a failure, or you know, you, Batman v Superman. You know, it was a failure to launch, then followed by the Justice League, and now they kind of had to like restructure the whole DCU after this. Um but then it's like you get this kind this side of his story where you learn about his um daughter who you know he lost. And I didn't know his daughter, you know, I I committed suicide. I didn't I didn't know that. That's I'm like, that's awful, and I feel bad for him. Um And then you learn about all these other things about how he's kind of being watched because he's making all these wacky creative decisions and it's really offbeat. Um, And so I was wondering for you, after reading this and this, you know, kind of humanized Zack Snyder, do you think that we should be a little more lenient on the Justice League and the Snyder Cut?
0: Hell no! Um, no. I, like, I always thought that, um, Zack Snyder is, like, a, is, this, is this figure where, like, he does seem like a really nice person. Like, apparently people like working with him. Like, um, I, I, I've heard nothing bad like from his sets. I did know about the the story about his daughter committing suicide and then him leaving the With Of course, it's a tragedy and horrible. My problem has always been with his work. Like, <laughs> He he seems like a delightful person. I'm not saying that's not true.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: um, his work has often been crap. And I mean, not not just crap. Like, he he he's a guy who has um, uh, motifs, indulgences, sort of Snyderisms that he puts in. And a lot of them rub me, and I think other folks the wrong way. Yeah. Like, there's a very, like, kind of ayn randy will to power philosophy behind a lot of what he does where like it's these super beings who are like going in slow-mo shots across the screen with like no particular um you know attention paid to whether it makes any sense and um (laughs) you know just like a a lot of testosterone in the movies a lot of um and not much in the way of like nuance it's very like gods among us which i do think is sort of insidious like as a whole philosophy like the person seems seems great he really does I, I i think there's some weird stuff in his work and that's always my issue with him and i'll be honest like that article was talking about like i was watched and it was and it was bad and it was bad and, and that is how studios operate like that they want to get like this these boxes checked yeah but look the prospect of handing Zack Snyder unfettered power to make a four-hour movie—I don't know if that's terribly appetizing either. <laughs> I mean, he's not one for. Sl- Didn't he just put out a picture of the Joker dressed like Jesus and a crown of thorns in? That, um, I think
1: like so. from the movie. Yeah, I think like they yeah, they you're nice, them, yeah. great.
0: That's super. You're you're a wonderful <laughs> guy. Um, that doesn't make that image any less of like a red flag. That yeah. ooh, we may be getting into um deep, dense symbolism. I can see this being um the Snyder Cut like a towering, ambitious like monument to things you wish someone had said in the room. Maybe rethink that. <laughs> um, but again, we won't know. So, but in answer to your question, like no, I, I do not think it's a reason to not criticize his movies. And I commend him for his decency, though. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's important to be a good person. It's, it's, I'm glad he's running a good set. It's mm-hmm. better than Joss Whedon, whose work oh, yeah. I do like, but apparently he's a terrible person on set. So, like, yeah, I'd rather have Zack Snyder working in the business than him. But um, th- there is the separation of... It, it's kind of like the opposite, right? Where we're always like, how do you separate the art from the artist? Usually that's right. in relation to a thing where you like the work, but you don't like the artist. It's like the opposite here. It's like I yeah. think the artist seems great, but I'm not a huge fan of the work,
1: yeah, and there's there's moments where, and maybe it's me because I'm usually really like sympathetic and sometimes empathetic, and i really I really get kind of like emotional and thinking about the people, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's like I do have to pull myself away from that and you know, say, well, you can't get too emotionally attached in all of this. um And so I had one thing where he was like, okay he did make a point where he was like Warner Mm -hmm. brothers was asking him to have like six superheroes or something and throw it all. And I think they said they wanted like two hours max. Um, And he was kind of like, you know, how am I supposed to do this in two hours? And yeah, that's a huge task. But then looking at some of the decisions he wanted to make, um, like one they talked about in particular (laughs) was a romance or some sort of budding romance between Batman Mm -hmm. and Lois Lane. Um, And I was like, Okay, I that no, I, I definitely didn't agree with, and I I real I could see where you know his his brain was was clicking with, and his whole justification for that was like you know, um, Superman is off world or doing whatever he's doing or dead. He's dead, right? <laughs> so yes. to speak. And so Lois Lane is kind of grieving, and Batman is lonely. He has really nobody. And so they were supposed to come together as, you know, these two two lonely people and kind of be I think Batman was supposed to tell Alfred, like, you know, I've never felt anything in my entire life. And now here comes Lois Lane. So I'm like, that just seems like a necessary drama, and a necessary plot point that, you know, is, is already convoluting the the plot as well as he also tried to have a romance between The Flash and um, his character Iris, which he says he's just completely bringing back into his cut of the movie since it got cut out of the original His
0: four-hour cut of the movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it was quite funny that, you know, the the article started with, it says, like, Zack Snyder has never seen Justice League. You know, he left his name off of it. He only kind of added a writing credit. And, you know, apparently it was so, you know... God awful! The final result that it was like Christopher Nolan and his wife watched the film, and they came to him. And they were like, "You can't watch this movie." It's <laughs> like, oh, how's Christopher
0: Nolan—that's <laughs> another one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're they're kind of one of a you know two peas in a pod. Um, yeah, so it, it, the, I guess this whole piece has left me conflicted because, like I said, I get emotionally attached, and I'm like, well, should I, you know, cut him a little slack? Should I, you know, he he really wanted to have this vision be brought to life. And he made a good point. Like he hired, um, he brought on Jason Momoa as Aquaman, you know, like he said. Um, right. You know, from this whole other culture. And you're usually not used to seeing Aquaman like that. And he brought on Gal Gadot. And I'm like, yeah, there's that. But then there's everything else. <laughs>
0: and there's Martha. I mean, yeah, I I I feel like. There's this narrative that's that's been going on for a long time since the say like release release the Snyder Cut movement where he's gonna turn in some masterpiece, and like I just I just don't see it. Like maybe it will be it, but traditionally, when you give someone who's already prone to indulging in their particular fancies, just unfettered power to do whatever, like that's that's a recipe for like a Hindenburg-style movie. Like that is um, that's Wonder Woman 1984, where like, <laughs> like m- maybe it should have been two hours. Maybe you should have cut some stuff because that was yeah. boring. Uh, uh, yeah, I-, I guess I I I I I, I just went back to the point where um, I have no doubt he's very nice. I mean, I feel like he's he's being framed as some kind of um, living superhero where mm-hmm. really he seems like just a, a decent person that you want around but yeah. I, I don't think that has any bearing at all on whether he's going to produce a movie I'm going to want to watch there's two,
1: there's two interesting things one um one more thing was that um originally when Warner Brothers was kind of ready to cave and say okay we'll do you know the Snyder cut thing um, what they had suggested was just taking all the footage that he had on his hard drive <laughs> and kind of just releasing it and being like, uh-huh. "All right, folks, here's the raw and edited footage." And I was like, "Come on, guy. <laughs> that's just to me. That kind of shows on both sides that there's like there's still really no kind of understanding of of how this should work." Um, and even even Zach was like. Hey guys, you know, I mean, I would just prefer this whole thing to be, you know, a myth or like a mystery than to release it and it's unedited and, you know, and and people are just like, yeah, this is just a piece of crap. There's no way (laughs) this should have been released. Um, So I am happy that they, he went ahead and just put in his own time to edit this and make it look presentable. Like
0: his own time and $75 million of Warner Brothers money. I mean, (laughs) let's not go nuts here.
1: Okay, 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 yeah, 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 Um So that was just one thing. It is going to be released in uh, the 4-3 aspect ratio, which, you know, like the little boxy. And his justification was that so it, you know, someday it can be released in IMAX and you can, I was like, oh, come on. Okay. Well that's, that's. <laughs> Yeah. So that was just another thing, but you'll be watching it on your widescreen TV as if it were an old timey movie. So that's that's one detail. Um but then finally my favorite quote from this whole thing was just kind of talking about how Joss Whedon had came in and you think it's gonna be all fine and rosy, and then he, you know, kind of blunders everything up. Um so this is a quote from the piece that says Worst of all, for Warner Brothers, Whedon didn't exactly save the movie. Um, the quote goes, when we got to see what Joss actually did, it was stupefying, says a studio executive who requested an anonymity. <laughs> the did. robber on the rooftop, so goofy and awful. The Russian family, so useless and pointless. Everyone knew it. It was so awkward because no one wanted to admit it. What a piece of sh- it was. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, this is it really is a truly wild story. And I'm kind of. I think it's more exciting to hear the kind of oral history of this versus even just seeing the movie itself. It has truly, truly been a wild ride. Sure. And
0: I mean, like you, I recall, you said that you more or less enjoyed the movie, the original one.
1: Um, I don't know if I can say enjoyed. I think it was just a movie that I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm watching this. You know, I don't. Is it awful? Sure. I don't know. But yeah, it. I was like, it was but just. I had okay. a wash, by the way. Just yeah. for. <laughs> oh, lucky you.
0: <laughs> well, I, yeah, I to me, understand. it was just
1: okay. It definitely could have been better. Um, but I think I'm still with you in saying four hours, I think A is overkill. And then B, I just don't know. In the end, how much of a difference it will make, but you know, at least seems like a nice guy, yeah. Nice guy, we Zach don't know. Snyder, though. He could be my I don't know, he could be like my he's like 54. I was like, oh, he's could be my parent, <laughs> so sure, yeah. <laughs> Just a little farmer, my fact. parent,
0: if he yeah. if he had kids young. <laughs> um, I think that quotes in bad taste that feels like kicking someone when they're down and you know they can't really kick back. Like With Whedon? The anonymous Joss Whedon quote. I mean, look, anybody who gets called in to (laughs) a movie that is like three quarters of the way being shot under a studio known for, um, you know, having demands, like, like, no, you're not going to produce something that's like coherent. Of course not. Like, it was never going to happen. Like... I, I feel like a lot of this is like trying to boil down the problems and the solutions to simple, simple things that it's just not the case. You're working with yeah. tens of millions of dollars here in huge studios. Like they have demands. If it seems like Warner Brothers is the one who messed it up the most, um, just with just, you know, the the the, the, the system they work in. Yeah. It's unavoidable, especially when unless you're Disney, where you've like managed to figure out this perfect middle path through everything. Yeah. Where um where there are all these competing demands on it, like, yeah, that shows up in the final product. It just does. Um, and I don't know. Maybe the final thing will be a work of genius. Maybe it will be the magnificent Ambersons found again, brought to life, and on all its old timing ingredients, as good as we all said it was. Oh, man. I doubt it. But we'll see on March 18th. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've got a great transition, though, if we want to move into the next topic. Because I was reading... I told you last week or whenever we were talking about this, I forgot, or I remembered that it was like Ragnarok had come out and Justice League had come out around the same time. Vanity Fair also pointed out, because Justice League was supposed to be like their Avengers. Six months later, Infinity War came out and completely- Six months later, Out the huh? water. <laughs> I was like, wow. They're you know really down on their luck and- like I said, now both Falcon and the Winter Soldier in this are coming out at the same time. So it's going to be a fight to see who wins. And um, I am excited to talk about some more Disney Plus stuff, though, right about now. Yeah.
0: WandaVision it- is um, still uh, moving on. We got two episodes left, I believe. This was the seventh, I think. Yeah. Uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall, that's was called. All TV related. Very fun. All right. Um, yeah, but let, let's chat about WandaVision a bit. Because to me... I thought this episode was where a few of the things I'd been fearing started to look like they were going to come true. Remember last week when I said my biggest fear about WandaVision was that they were going to pull some punches and make it so Wanda wasn't fully responsible for what's going on? Because mm-hmm. to me, the most, there have been two hugely daring things they've done. First is the format, you know. Throwing through yeah. the deep end of the sitcom stuff and not telling us what's going on. Really, really daring. Really, really cool. Like, not always successful. Like, I didn't really laugh at a lot of jokes. Like, especially as it went on. Some of them I didn't. Like, not <laughs> really? all of them. But I, I did really appreciate the ambition and the difference. And I liked being... Just kind of going with the flow and see what happened. The other daring thing was they were turning, like, the title character into the villain. She is literally... Yeah torturing people 24 7 like that one scene where in the office where um vision's office mate you know got released and he was like ah ah ah, help me help me make her stop and it's like oh my god he's in pain all the time and like that's the whole town like thousands of people like that's bad this is war crime stuff and i'm like that's really daring and ballsy to make your hero do these things and now, and now we get to the spoiler bits. So the big takeaway from this episode was that, to quote um, the the best part by far, it was <laughs> Agatha all along. Oh, what a
1: twist.
0: They introduced that in that song, which was uh-huh. great. No, oh, get me yeah, wrong; oh, yeah. Like, that was great. Like, that's been in my head since Friday, and I'm not mad about it. Um, but the whole idea of bringing in, of making... Agnes the nosy neighbor is actually Agatha Harkness, who's I believe a marvel character from something or other um and she's a witchy magic lady and she's been pulling the strings or we're not really sure what exactly she's been doing yet and yeah. on the cliffhanger, but i th- I see one of two things happening here either she really is behind stuff and they're gonna absolve one responsibility or at least some of it, and I think that's lame because I think that's pulling back from. The most intriguing thing you have here or she's a red herring in which case you're wasting time and yeah uh, like this episode was literally like remember that bit where like vision and uh darcy are like in the the truck or the bus and they're like Uh stalled at the at the road which was funny i thought it was funny yeah yeah but like the episode it's almost making fun of itself like you're literally stalling the stuff we want to see we want to see a (laughs) wandavision confrontation and you don't give it to us. Instead, you have a whole subplot about being stalled and then we can't see it. So <laughs> it's either pulling punches or it's wasting time. I did. I wasn't a huge fan.
1: Yeah, I would say this to me wasn't the strongest episode, even though I also felt that way about episode three. And not to say I didn't enjoy it. It was still kind of I was hanging on at every turn. And yeah. I especially I've I've really been a fan of how they stylize each episode with every genre. And I was like, how can you take it? I was like, how can you step it up since, you know, the last one was the early 2000s? I was like, but what, you know, is characteristic of this kind of 2010, 2020s? And I was like, oh, you know, this um, modern family-ish, that kind of sitcom, maybe like a curb your enthusiasm sort of thing. Um, And the
0: office of it. That intro was definitely like the office with like the different flashes. I was was so
1: excited, yeah, when I heard that. Um, And I saw it, but... Yeah, the part about Agatha was both a welcome twist, but then it's like the more I thought about it, it was also kind of going against the whole thing. I said this last week where I was like, if Mephisto, who, you know, everyone was like, oh, is he the villain and all this? I was like, if they make that a reality, then they're letting Wanda off the hook Um, and, and, you know, building up this potentially really bold and brave narrative that you can be telling that we've never seen before. You know, what happens yeah. We have to put, you know, hold a superhero like super duper accountable for what they're doing.
0: I would have been impressed. And it's,
1: yeah, and it's like the Agatha thing is really, if it is, I think that it's the final kind of twist. Like you said, we've got two more episodes. So I think that we've kind of reached the conclusion of what's going on, maybe aside from, um, you know what her motivation is um, so to me that's what's kind of on the hook and I think okay if they give her a good enough reason to say you know here's why I'm doing all of this I feel like the only thing that comes to mind is kind of the Zemo thing where it was like oh, I was snapped away or vision you know maybe well she couldn't have been snapped away and pulled this whole thing off oh, in the course right. of a little bit amount of time possibly um, but I don't know you how know, witches once, work yeah, <laughs> so many different ways, but um, if it's like a personal vendetta against, I'm kind of like, ooh, is this, you know, is this another great reason for her having, I guess it's always personal, it's never not personal, except for Thanos, it wasn't personal for him, he just wanted, you know, to to help the world oh, with less yeah. people.
0: <laughs> he 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 done read a philosophy book, and he yeah. had an idea about Tragedy of the Commons, and he had some thoughts. Yeah, He, so. he, he read some Nietzsche. And he was like, I gotta do this. Um, I mean, my issue with a bunch of Marvel things is that they have a habit of being good, not great. Like, they have a habit of, they, I said this before, like, it's almost like they're not allowed to be too good, because being really, really good means you have, like, a conclusion that says something. Uh-huh. And you're going to take something all the way. But with Marvel or with any giant franchise, you have to bring it back to zero. Because these people yeah. have to have more adventures. They have <laughs> to have more TV shows and more movies. And they have to be able to sell those to us. So there is a thing where, like, like the ending, ending, ending of Infinity War was, mm-hmm. like, shocking. I was in the theater. I was like, oh, my God. This is amazing. Yeah. But, I mean... There was part of me that was like, you know, they're going to bring him all back. Mm -hmm. Like, you you know, this can't last. Because that's how comics work. Like, nothing ever lasts. Which I do think in the end hobbles the stories a bit. Because you know they have to go on, you know that finality is impossible. And so part of me always knew they would pull their punch with Wanda because they can't actually hold her accountable because then they couldn't keep using her in the mcu
1: (laughs) exactly yeah yeah she's still kind of a baby avenger at least now that she has the spotlight on her people are going to be like well of course we want more why would we not want more after we just got to know her basically Mm -hmm. um so yeah like i i I am definitely excited for the next two episodes i I of course want to see how it concludes, um, how it ties into what or else they're trying to tie sure. it into. If it's, even if it's going to have a definitive ending or if it's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, well, I guess we'll have to wait till Doctor Strange or something like that. And
0: Which apparently it um, goes right into, according to Kevin Feige today, that there won't be a season well, two of WandaVision, but it does lead right into Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, how much are they going to wrap up? And then how much of a cliffhanger are they going to have to leave for us to you know go into the whole dr strange thing
0: i don't know i don't know (laughs) um but i mean it's it's still good like that's the thing like marvel is is never really bad because it's so well kind of like this well-oiled machine sort of thing going Mm -hmm. on like they can't be bad but they also can't be like super super great and some and and don't get me wrong like 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 some reach higher than others like black Uh panther's one that's like okay okay you 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 tried something there but in in the long run i i i i would love wandavision to be great but i'm I'm afraid it's only gonna be good
1: yeah yeah oh we shall see. see we've got falcon and winter soldier march 19th um they announced today Loki series is coming out on yeah. June 11th. Um, it's a whole which, year of nothing yeah. but Marvel stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. Somebody posted on Reddit and they were like, basically, almost every week of this year from start to finish, we'll be getting Marvel content. and um,
0: Mad geniuses.
1: Yeah. I cannot complain. The Loki series is kind of like an early birthday present sure. for me in June. So I'm like, That'll yeah. Be fun. Um, and Spider Man, they just announced the. Um, the new title for that, no which is Spider Man No Way Home, no which way. to me ominous. I, yeah. Oh, true. It wasn't as it wasn't super clever, but you know everything else was kind of trademark and copyrighted that all the fans had come up with. You know, like Spider Man Go Home, or what was it like the E T one they had made fun of, or No Place Like phone home. home, yeah, Phone Home, right? <laughs> so
0: I don't um, know, like. I was impressed that it was, like, I had honestly never heard it before. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, like, I, I hadn't heard any fan come up with that one. So, like, yeah. frankly, that impressed me. And it was still pretty simple. It does,
1: yeah. It does intrigue me. And it, it makes me wonder. Someone had suggested that, like, oh, is phase four all about, like, the multiverse. And, you know, we've, like, no way home. What does that mean? <laughs> like, why yeah. can't you get home? Where are you? Are you stranded in some uh... other dimension or something? Who knows yes
0: and it will all be part of the of the year the nonstop year of marvel
1: oh are you watching anything else um funny enough i started doing a i call it a hate watch of the crew on netflix starring kevin james with a lovely 10 episode Hmm. sitcom it's about him and he's working as a like he's in a pit stop crew for a nascar driver Um, and it sounds kind of dumb, and I was like, I watched the first two episodes because my brother told me he watched the whole thing, and then I actually really got into it, so I'm watching the f- uh, final episode tonight. I think it ends on a cliffhanger, cool. um, and I might like legitimately be invested in the sitcom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so it's a comedy, not a yeah, drama, or whatever? Yeah, the
1: comedy. The Crew, the crew uh, on streaming Netflix. Streaming on Netflix. Oh, boy. Okay.
0: Yeah, Um, I'm I'm watching my shows. I'm watching my letter, Kenny. I'm still doing that. Um, I finished up that Lady Maynard documentary. There's a Tina Turner documentary coming to HBO Max I definitely want to watch.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They are really killing it with documentaries, by the way, on HBO Max. There's a lot of good ones, and they have a lot of good ones coming pretty frequently. I'm also tempted. This is my first time that I've considered maybe thinking about Apple TV Plus, because that (laughs) For All Mankind show looks kind of cool are you aware of this it's For like oh
1: my kind, yeah
0: yeah the show that's set like during or i guess after the space race between like the americans and the soviets but yeah like in an alternate history where it never ended and it kept going on
1: i might like that to, to, to me like
0: ooh, like that sounds kind of interesting
1: it does yeah i was gonna say you might Maybe want to reach out to Apple because they're always uh, Apple TV. They're always in my inbox about that stuff. Um, and they have plentiful screeners for people who want to view it. And they have lots of interviews, too. So if that's ever of interest on um, Wick, they might come through or at some point. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of cool. we have got Jen is asking, um, is Amber <laughs> Heard replaced an Aquaman with Amelia Clark? <laughs> Not <laughs> yet, a picture, Jen, but- Yeah. They um Amber Heard was in this Vanity Fair article like one of her headshots and I was like oh we're still going with that I okay
0: <laughs> I watched her in the stand which really petered out by the way like that oh, really? kind of started out fine and got a little better and then like ended like <laughs> that wasn't wasn't a super hit Oof. um but she was in that good for her <laughs> um
1: oh also I saw uh Janet
0: oh You saw Tina on concert? I'm jealous. I'd kill to do that. That'd be great.
1: (laughs) My grandma's got this, like, um, Tina Turner DVD, and we would watch it all the time. That's, like, her favorite artist. Um, But, yeah, the last thing I watched was Judas and the Black Messiah with Maria and Lakeith Stan. Oh, my goodness. I I was like, I could watch that back to back to back. It was really great. Both the performances were outstanding. Um, And it, it was just a great work of... Cinema, I'm usually not that type of person where it's like, oh, this is, you know, so beautiful and the music is elegant <laughs> yeah. and the cinematography. But this right. was one of those movies where I have to make that exception and everything was just superb and, you know, supposed to take place in Chicago. It's a little black history lesson. Um, so I definitely give that my, gets two thumbs up, which is remarkable.
0: I will watch it this weekend because I've been meaning to watch oh, yeah. it. And um, I was wait for recommendation. That's a good idea. Um, Christian asked, what's, what's going on with the Wick app? Um, I will look into it, Christian. I wasn't aware if it was um, malfunctioning, but I will look at um,
1: it. Yeah, we do have some migration going on. A couple of the fan-sided network apps are going away. And I don't know the full story on it. They might be folded into some other apps. So might be a possibility with the Winters coming up.
0: I'll look into it and get back and, and make sure we have the skinny. Um, Other than that, if you guys are watching anything, let us know in very soon. Oh, the private dancer tour and then Glenn Frey. Oh, the private dancer tour. That's a time <laughs> I don't think she tours anymore, so I think I'm out of luck. I saw, Paul, I'm like, my taste in music is like, I like old. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I saw Paul McCartney live a couple of years ago, and that was oh, great. wow. But like, all the people I want to see live are like near the end of their lives. It's weird. Um, yeah,
1: I've seen The Stones. We were going to see Paul McCartney when he was at like Wrigley or something like that. Um, I think Elton John too passed it I over, saw him in and Vegas. I, I I totally regret that. old man!
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, well, we'll talk more about all of these things: um, television, movies, books, possibly classic rock um, <laughs> next week on Take the Black Live every Wednesday at four p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Winter Screen Facebook page. Also available on. Um, itunes google play wherever podcasts are available and apparently the wick app might be going away Um, we will clear that up and uh make sure we have the information we need other than that see you all uh next week have a great day bye bye this podcast is brought to you by fansiting join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between